Welcome to the Real Film Nerds Podcast. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Real Film Nerds Podcast. I am your host, Matt Hinshaw, and with me, as always, from the other side of the United States of America, my good buddy, Mysterious Mike. Hey, everybody. So, Mike, what movie are we talking about today? So, we're going to talk about Ralph Breaks the Internet. Um, so, this movie is starring uh, John C. Riley as Ralph, Sarah Silvan, Silverman as Penelope, uh, Gal Godot as Shank, and it's uh, directed by Phil Johnson and Rich Moore. Uh the writers are Rich Moore, Phil Johnston, Jim Rorden, Pamela Ribbon, Josie Trinidad, and Kelly Younger. And the summary of the movie is six years after the events of Wreck-It Ralph, Ralph and Vanellope, now friends, discover a Wi-Fi router in their arcade, leading them into a new adventure. All right, Mike, I know you are obsessed with disney animation movies like you own the super crazy expensive edition of every single one of them that has ever been made so what is your take on ralph breaks the internet um i like this movie but i liked it because it was like a technology movie it was a lot of um throwbacks and little winks to different internet companies and just the internet itself and uh, growing up in the age of where there was no internet and then there was the internet, I loved watching this. This was just fun. It was nostalgic. It was, to me, it was great. Like, um, I even liked, Matt, you, you probably, you, I, I don't think you're going to like this, but I, I even liked the part with, um, well, I don't want to give away too much, but there's some stuff to, that throws in a lot of Disney things. And I even like that part. I just thought this movie was fun. I thought it was just fun. I mean, it's nothing super special, but I liked it because I know so much about the internet and the origins. And it was kind of neat to see how their take on the internet and stuff was. And I like the way that they portrayed it. I mean, it's not necessarily like that, but I, I did just like the little funny things that they did and the different things that they showed. Well, I have to say I was a little bit disappointed by this movie, and I have now seen it twice, which uh, is the most I think I've seen an animated feature in the theaters in since I was probably 10, 11, maybe. Why did you have to see it twice, man? Well, I didn't have to see it twice. I chose to see it twice. I went with what at my office we refer to as the little boys. It is my boss's two youngest kids, and they love going and seeing movies with me and just hanging out with me, which uh, I guess that says a lot about me as a person, that the people that like to hang out with me are, you know, elementary school age children. Oh, quit it. Anyways. Oh, quit it. Uh, so what What did what did the kids <laughs> think of the movie? Like, did they like it? Like, did any they thought the, it was just average, did the, if you want to know the truth. Yeah, did the internet stuff, like... Because I feel like this movie was more for us than the kids. I didn't think it was as kids-oriented as it should have been. I, I felt it's... um, It was a lot like 
Ready Player One, but for the internet. There's lots of like interesting, fun, nostalgic internet things scattered throughout the film. Um, I think they liked it, but there wasn't as much humor as like slapsticky humor that typically ele- elementary aged children like. Um, the best scene is probably a scene that was cut from the movie that is in the end credits for those of you who stayed all the way to the end. Uh, the two little boys actually echoed that sentiment as well. But, uh, the second time I saw it was with my younger sister. She brought my sweet puppy back up to me. Who's lying here next to me as I record this. He's still kicking, but he's not feeling well. Oh, anyways. Okay. She brought him up and her husband tagged along and they wanted to go see Widows and see all these other movies. No, he did. She did not. She had been wanting to see Ralph Breaks the Internet since the day it was announced and it came out. And so I was like, well, sometimes, Frank, you have to make a sacrifice and go see a movie that you don't want to see. And Frank hated the movie. My sister loved it. I don't think she's laughed that much out loud in public in a very long time. So she really enjoyed it. So it was well worth going to see it for a second time just to make her happy. Well, that's good, man. Um, I, I liked a lot of the throwback stuff. Like, um, like I liked the, some of the way that they did like pop-ups and just various things in the movie. Like I thought that stuff was kind of creative and neat, but I, I agree. The, the concepts of how they showed what the internet is, how they travel throughout the internet, the different things and how they have life, like the pop-up thing was really fun and interesting, except for when you think about it from the aspect of a kid, they're showing you that pop-ups aren't a bad thing and that going to these dark places on the internet are not bad things. They're just uh, misrepresented kind of things. So that gets into a little bit of a slippery slope, but I would hope parents would explain that yeah. it was just a movie. No, no, you, you, you're right. It, 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 yeah. When they go to the what they refer to as the dark web and stuff, yeah, it's still it, quite cutesy. It, yeah, even you know the the pop up guy that's sitting there trying to get him to do the uh the video game looting and things like he still has this cutesy kind of thing about him but you gotta you gotta hand it to him a lot of the things that they did and represented in the digital internet world they represented in a physical world really well and really smart and i have to say that's one of my favorite aspects of this film yeah like uh man i mean speaking of the looting stuff a little bit like they didn't quite say like loot boxes and kind of things, but they did, uh, you know, hint at it like, like wink, wink, like talking about how a lot of the video games and things now people are forced to purchase things to be able to get to certain levels and things. And some people are willing to pay other people to do it for them. Um, yeah, but it, and that's not it didn't quite, a super new concept either. Yeah, but it didn't quite tell you all of that and stuff. But I thought all that stuff was really smart. But at the same time, it's not for kids. Like that's not, no, it's not funny. Like it's not. They were, right. It's over their head, kind of thing. Way over their head. Like this. So like Shrek. 
uh, which I recently just watched again because I believe it's on Netflix streaming, uh, is so great because it's it's kids, but it's also got adult jokes in there. Very like s- kind of sly, but this movie just seems more like it was more for adults than it was even for kids. Well, in the first wreck Ralph is a lot like that as well, except for there's still a lot of kid things in the original, but there's a lot of throwbacks in the original because it's all about video games and things, and I was really hoping we were going to get a little bit more of that in this, and there wasn't a whole lot of video games. There was there was a decent amount. There's, you know, there's still video game characters and there's still an arcade, but it didn't have like the original yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't focused on the different game aspect of the movie. This time it was, it really was focused on the internet, and that's what it decided to show. And with that, that didn't show very many game type stuff. It talked about YouTube type things and Facebook and Google kind of. And like, I mean, a lot of the big players that we all know, like Amazon and stuff like that, but. Yeah, but I think they almost tried to cram too much into it. Like, they really tried to cover every single aspect of the internet, period. And there's a lot of other movies out there that have done this and done it well. And I'm not saying this movie is terrible, but it's not, I don't know, it's not quite up to the level that I would expect a Disney animated feature to be at, I guess is a good way to put it, you know, but everyone has their hits and misses like Incredibles two. I liked Incredibles two a lot, but I didn't like it as a whole, you know, right, there was right. parts that were really good and there were parts that were, eh. yeah. And like with uh Disney animation lately, they've been killing it as far as I'm concerned. Like the first wreck at Ralph was awesome. Yeah, but that's also, uh, what, six years ago now. Yeah, yeah, Zootopia was awesome. Like, there's been some good movies that they've done, but this one, to me, it felt like it was more aimed at me, and that's not really a good thing, because it should be aimed at the kids, but there should be some things that make me laugh, like, because technically I should have a child by now and stuff, and, and you know. All- Says who? The, the 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 world i don't know oh okay because uh i don't have a child or a wife or a girlfriend so yeah i don't let the world tell me what i'm supposed to be i'm my own man mm. that's true you be your own man matt and i'll be mine okay good i'm still waiting for that phone call from gal gadot Okay. Well, She'll call me one of these days and we'll go out on a nice hot date. Is that your next future ex-wife? Cuz uh, like who who uh what was your last future ex-wife? Um we we recently I have talked several. Of, Yeah, I know, but we recently talked about it. Who was it? Who was your last future ex-wife? I don't, I don't remember which one, which movie we talked about most recently. I mean cuz you know, there's always ScarJo, you know. ScarJo's up there towards the top. Yeah, yeah, Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, she's she's a very uh, attractive woman, definitely. Uh, you know, then uh, Natalie Portman is up there, but she's a little too hippie for me. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, Queen Amidala. Like, but the- she's Star Wars kind of. I mean, man, it's like, ugh, it's so much up your alley. Even even if she doesn't like Star Wars stuff, she was a Star Wars character. Yeah. And that would be that would be a nice little notch on the bedpost, you know. <laughs> oh God. 
All right. <laughs> Next. I don't like that. I don't like that she doesn't eat meat. What the hell is wrong with you? Oh god. God. You know, I'm pretty sure in the Star Wars universe, if she was starving, she didn't Ewok. Oh, God. Uh, maybe, maybe. You never know. You never know. All right. Uh, so, but yes, I have lots of future ex-wives. All right. They don't know it. If they listen to this podcast, they would. All right. But I doubt they will ever listen to our podcast, because no, no one else does. Whoa, whoa. So, speaking of that. Okay. Um, do you want me to go ahead and ask the question so that we can get into the spoilers? Because this is the frame we do, people. We do. We talk about our first impressions of the movie. Then we do our Marvel Cinematic Universe tie-in. And then we spoil the movie. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. All right, Mike. So how does Ralph Breaks the Internet relate to the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Matt, thanks for asking. Um, John C. Riley, who plays Ralph, is also a Corsman Day on Guardians of the Galaxy. Wow, you just went straight for the main character, huh? Oh, it was it was easy, man. I got to go for the easy ones, man. When I can, easy. Yeah, that's true. Because not all of them are as easy as that. Yeah, that's very true. All right, so I guess I will start off the spoilers of Ralph Breaks the Internet. Um, my favorite scenes, I had a handful of them, but my favorite scenes or concepts, much like yourself you were alluding to earlier, I really enjoy the scene with all the Disney princesses. That was just fantastic. Do you like that? I didn't think you oh, would, dude. I oh, loved dude, it. I loved it, too. I thought it was How hilarious. could you not? How could you not? It <laughs> uh, was so good. Oh, It was okay. so good. I, I didn't think you were going to like that part because it was so no. Disney. But it was funny. It was really funny. All the, like, singing and the uh, and they, they were, like, then they all, like, changed shirts and stuff. Oh, it was dude, just... It, Anytime that a movie makes fun of its parent company and just obliterates it because of all the tropes that they have been pushing on young women for decades, and they turn around and just tear that apart in literally a five-minute scene was just fantastic. No, I thought it was really funny. They're like, but does he save you? Like, like, like what? Like, it was... It was really interesting to see, like, kind of all the princesses, like, evaluating, um, uh, oh, uh, shoot, what's her character's Vanellope. name? Uh, Vanellope's, uh, princess status. Like, are you really a princess? These are the, like, the, the rules of being a princess. Do you fit all these rules? And it was so funny to see that, like, go down. I, I thought it was hilarious. And she is technically a Disney princess. I got into this conversation a little bit the other day at work because the difference between a Disney princess and everyone else, because you got to remember Disney bought Star Wars. So I'm like, well, Princess Leia is now a Disney princess. And I got shot down and argued that she is not a Disney princess because a Disney princess has to be created in the Disney universe, not brought over into the Disney universe. Oh, wow. And Vanellope, and Vanellope was created in the Disney universe. Oh. 
Okay. So Princess Leia was is from the Star Wars universe, and Disney bought the Star Wars universe. So technically, she doesn't get to be a Disney princess, at least according to friends and coworkers. Okay, and and Matt, I, I mean, this is a little bit of a side thing. Just just my a little. What did you think about the st- uh, the stormtroopers uh, scene? Was that not right? Oh, I thought it was great. I, I thought it was a nice inclusion of having them in there because that's who you always think of as enforcers and as the bad guy is the Star Wars people. You know, the stormtroopers. You always think of stormtroopers as enforcers. And, you know, it's a, a nice, interesting use of the stormtroopers as the security. Uh, another one that I really liked since we're going down, I would say probably just the whole Disney uh, internet website. I forgot what they called it. Oh, oh, yeah. I don't remember what it was called. I forgot either. what yeah, they called yeah, it. Yeah, it was Total it was Disney supposed, or something. Yeah, something like yeah, that. So, yeah. yeah, but it was all just a rip on everything Disney. I thought that whole thing was just very smart. I mean, you know, when Eeyore pops up, my boss started laughing at me because that's one of my nicknames at work is everybody calls me Eeyore. Oh, no way. Everybody calls you Eeyore at work? Yep. And so he started, la- <laughs> he started laughing. Laugh. <laughs> <laughs> that, I have lots of nicknames at work. All right. Lots. But that's one of the most prominent ones is Eeyore. And so he started laughing the instant Eeyore popped up next to Vanellope. But uh, I also like the uh, throw out to Marvel uh, was uh, Groot, you know. Oh, and, oh I mean, the interview part where everybody's asking him questions and he's just like, oh, yeah, I am Groot. I am Groot. I'm there's Groot. A, I love that, too. That was really funny. And there's a lot, a lot of freaking deep cuts in it, too, especially throughout this whole movie. If you're if you sit down, you, I, I would advise looking them up on the Internet because most people probably missed them. But I don't remember the actor that asked the question, but the very first question that is asked to Groot is a legitimate deep cut Marvel Cinematic Universe question. He asks about if Groot is related to the tree of life or something. I don't remember the exact name of the tree. But if you go back to the Captain America film in Captain America where they get the Tesseract from is inside that tree that's inside this church wow like it's a it's a super deep cut <laughs> nice. there's a lot of that throughout this movie yeah well, a lot you can you can look it up on youtube some dude looked them all yeah up. now uh what do you, what did you think about the little just teeny tiny cameo of stan lee's in it like uh they, they just had like a character of him kind of and it's just like oh, a that sweet, was fantastic. just like a sweeping camera. Like you saw that he was in there, but not really. Like I think he threw yeah, his hands up or something. Didn't he do something? Yeah, they were they were zooming out through something, and she runs into him. I think. Yeah, Vanellope does or something. But yeah, it's supposed to be you know his uh, persona in the uh, you know him actually browsing the internet. I think is what it's supposed to be because that's one thing I like. It kind of it kind of reminds you of like. Um, on the Xbox, they have, uh, and on the Wii, they have these things called Mies, which is basically like your user as like a person. Oh yeah, as, yeah like a little yeah, people. Yeah, your avatar, your your representation yeah. of yourself in the internet, kind of like right, right. 
Right. And so they had, I, I'm not sure if Nintendo was the one that started that with the Wii's or if it was Xbox or someone uh, started it. I think it's probably Nintendo if we want to go to history. I think it's Nintendo, but then Microsoft came up with their own, what they called avatars. Yeah, whatever they call them, whatever they call them now, I, I try to whatever. But anyways, yeah, they're your representation. And I like that how that's how they interpreted the Internet is like it's just a bunch of these avatars running around. I, I loved that. Yeah. And so that's where you see Stan Lee. He's one of the avatars that's running around. Yeah. Yeah. OK, cool, man. Um, so I guess. Uh, what else? What else do you want to talk about on this? Do you, Do you want to go into the your rating, or what, what do you want to do? Well, one of the funniest scenes in the entire movie takes place actually after the movie in the end credits. And there, are, for those of you who did not stick it out, there are actually two end credits, and it was a huge, huge marketing ploy. It was in every single trailer, and that was pancake milkshake, and that got cut from the movie, but they added it in as a mid credit scene and one of the biggest reasons why they did it other than it being probably the funniest scene in the movie if not the funniest scene in the whole thing is that by the time they started editing and cutting the movie out and they had to cut that part out they had already had Funko Pops made. They had already had a bunch of Disney toys made. They already oh, had a bunch, of, a bunch of marketing stuff done for Pancake Milkshake. And so they had to put it back in somewhere. But I, I seriously love that part. That part is so funny. Well, I like that uh, even in, like, it was even making fun of itself, kind of, when they're like, well, like, what did you think of the movie? Oh, well, they cut out the stuff in the trailer. That was in the trailer. And then this scene was the same kind of thing. Like, yep. it, like it was talking about itself. I thought that was really funny. Um, and that was all done afterwards, after their final cut and everything. And they came in and did that. And according to the directors and writers, um, that was one of the very first scenes animated for this movie was the pancake milkshake scene. And it was one of the very first ones voiced in everything. And it was like, it was cut. And the reason why it was cut is because they felt the movie was getting too long. Because where that scene fell in, and I guess they had a bunch of them, according to the directors and writers. Yeah. Um, when they're doing the looting, um, where they go and they hit up uh, Shank's gang, which is like oh, a okay. ripoff of yeah, yeah. Grand Theft Auto. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, that, be- that whole... Slaughter, what was it? Slaughter something? Slaughter slaughter Race, yeah. Yeah, it's like Grand Theft Auto, but they couldn't get the rights, I think, or didn't want to because it's way too graphic. Oh, yeah. But anyway, so before they ended up there, they were doing the loot hunting for different games, and that's one of the games that they do loot hunting for was Pancake Milkshake. Oh, okay. That makes and a lot so, more sense now that you said that, but... When I was watching the, the, the credit scenes, which was kind of funny story, you texted me, hey, have you seen Wreck-It Ralph yet? Or uh, Ralph Breaks the Internet? And I was like, uh, I'm, I just finished it. He's like, oh, make sure you stay for the credits. I was literally watching the credits while you texted me. Well, and the reason why I wanted to make sure and point it out, and I'm glad I caught you, is that when I saw it the second time with my younger sister, 
We were the only people in the theater. Everybody missed the even pancake milkshake. Everybody just got up and walked out. Yeah, I think there was one other person that stayed the whole time with me. And then other than that, though, there was no one in the theater um, for all the scenes. And again, the last scene um, is just basically a Disney version of a Rickroll. Yeah, it was kind of funny. It was was talking about uh, Frozen 2. And yeah, then it, stay tuned for a sneak peek of the trailer for Frozen 2 or whatever. Yeah, and then it wasn't Frozen 2 at all. Nope, it was it was it was a good old-fashioned Rickroll, but it was as Ralph. Yeah, I I I thought it was funny. Uh but you would have to know Frozen and stuff, which I, you know, granted most of the people that probably saw Ralph breaks the internet are Disney-esque and they would probably know, but But anyways, I I enjoy this movie. I, I don't think it's going to set the world on fire like some other animated features that I've seen in the past. But uh, overall, I had a good time watching it. Would I typically have seen it twice in the theater? No. But if I popped up on my Netflix queue or, you know, what's coming down the pike, the uh, future Disney Plus, because I pretty much will absolutely positively have to subscribe to that. Why? Due to the Marvel or or Star Wars relations? Of course, man. The Mandalorian. I I would pay $10 just to see that show. All right. All right. Cool. Come on, dude. A Jon Favreau directed, written and directed story that's basically an Old West in Star Wars? Yes, please. All right. That's what the Mandalorian is basically going to be. It was originally, uh, they've taken a lot of elements. This is just all speculation, but I've heard they've taken a lot of elements from what was going to be a Boba Fett standalone film and are putting a lot of those elements into the Mandalorian. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I think Old West style movie in the Star Wars universe sounds like a win-win. Like, honestly, it does. It sounds like a win-win. As long as it's executed... Well, yeah, it's going to, well, you know, John Favreau is uh, the main driving force behind it. But uh, uh, Taika Waititi, who directed uh, Thor Ragnarok. Oh, yeah, is, yeah. The New Zealand guy. He's hilarious. Yep. I love yep, him. He is, he is directing a handful of episodes. Um, oh, there's. Oh, oh yeah, I'm, dude. He's good. I like his, his sense of humor is different, but I like it. It's just it's fun. They have a lot of um, people that you wouldn't expect to dabble in the Star Wars universe directing episodes for The Mandalorian. So I am really looking forward to it big time. I think that's the John Favreau effect. I think the guy right. is just such a well-loved in Hollywood. He can bring in a lot of people that wouldn't actually do a lot of these things without him. Yeah, he can get away with a lot. He really can. Well, he's done and, a lot of great things. Like he's and he's done so many varied projects. Like he's kind, yeah, he's kind of so versatile. Like he did Iron Man before uh, Marvel was owned by Disney, and then he he um, he did the Jungle Book for Disney, which was a huge success. And uh, I mean, he's done Elf and uh, you know all kinds of movies, Swingers, of course. And I love Chef, Swingers. And he's just got like a huge variety. Like he's. He's very versatile, and I think he just does stuff that he's really passionate about, and that's the way it should be. 
but I don't think that's always how it works out. And so it's cool to see somebody like him doing projects that he just loves. He just puts his heart and soul into it. Well, and, you know, one of the reasons why we even have the Marvel Cinematic Universe is because of the job John Favreau did on the original Iron Man. Because he put himself in Iron Man as, you know, Tony Stark's, you know, driver, not intending to ever have this become a recurring role. And as you saw, he's in a major, major aspect of Spider-Man Homecoming. Yes, yes. Yeah, no, you're right. He... And, you know, he did such a good job. It's, you know... He helped create the Marvel Cinematic Universe just by doing that one film so good. Yeah, he saved them. People were like, wow. He saved them. By by doing that, they were able to be bought by Disney, which saved them from going out of business. Marvel was on the verge of just folding and closing up shop. Well, but that was actually even farther back than the 2000s, too. Um, the only reason Marvel even exists today, and it's part of the reason why Sony owns Spider-Man, is because when Marvel was tanking hard, specifically the comics and everything, it was the 90s. Um, Stan Lee helped save Marvel and a bunch of the other people at Marvel helped by selling the rights to a lot of their characters and it took many 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 years as you know it's now 2018 and they're just now starting to get the rights back for a lot of these characters yeah but they sold they sold the x-men to fox they sold um the spider-man universe to sony you know and that's what helped keep marvel afloat you know during the dark times yes yeah and then comic books started picking up again and you know, because the 90s in the comic book world was, you know, it was tough, man. It was real tough. And there were some great things that happened in the 90s, too. Like, it was the founding of Image. Uh, you know, one of my, you know, Spawn, you know. Oh, uh, yeah. All that Image came out of Spawn. And all those guys that formed Image were all working at Marvel. And they all left at the same time. And that really put a pinch on Marvel bad. And they're some of my favorite comic book creators that left. And I won't hold it against them that they left. I understand. But it, you know, we almost lost Marvel over it. So, right. anyways, I, I won't get too much into that. I can keep going and going and going. But anyways, all right, Mike. So, Ralph breaks the internet. How many reels do you give it? Uh, I give it three reels. Uh, I was really enjoyed all the internet references and just the internet kind of way that they represented the internet, I guess. Um, like with pop-ups and various things and the different tech companies and all that stuff. And so I just thought it was a lot of fun. So, um, I give it three reels and I would recommend, uh, you seeing this if, you know, um, you grew up with the internet or, uh, you know, any of the stuff you, you like going on the internet, which I guess is pretty much everyone now, but, uh, I don't know if this is for kids. That's the one thing that I can't, I can't quite say if I would recommend it for kids, like I guess 12 or below. I don't know. I, it seems like they might not like it. All right. Well, I am going to give you the ratings from the little boys I went and saw the movie with. Okay. Yeah, that, that, that'll help. That was Quentin and Mason. And I was talking with them afterwards. And I asked them, I didn't ask them how many reels because they don't listen to the podcast because they're not old enough. 
But I was asking them what they thought of the movie, and both of them agreed it is a solid three out of five. Okay. And I have to agree with you and them as well. I gave it three out of five because I didn't think it was anything special. I didn't think it was bad. There were scenes that I really enjoyed, like the princess scene. (laughs) Oh, yeah, Um, yeah, it was fun. And there were certain scenes that felt like they were good implemented, but could have been tweaked a little bit to be even better. Uh, here's my example of that. You, you remember the scene with uh, Twitter where it's like a cat video or something? And yeah, yeah, one yeah. of the birds, yeah, one of the birds tweets and it like pops up with this picture of a cat or something like that. And then all of a sudden it just erupts and like all the other birds start, you know, yeah, they're, chirping. The, they're like yeah. belching like tweets because it's supposed to represent Twitter kind of. Right. Yeah. Right. And that's what that's supposed to be because they're all the birds and, you know, that's Twitter. And I thought that was absolutely hilarious. But here's what would have made it even better. If they would have had even one, but maybe just a handful, but even just one bird off to the side that looks like the other birds, but it's not. It's like, say it's like black and like the feathers are all screwed up and roughed up and it just looks like a disgruntled, pissed off bird and it tweets out like, I hate you or I hate this picture or something, that would have made that whole scene just that little bit better because that's how Twitter really is. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of hate on the internet, like a lot of hate. Oh, and that's one <laughs> thing that is nice is how they, exp- they do explain that, especially for kids in a in an understandable way. You know, and that's a pretty dark scene. Yeah. But, you know, one thing that bothered me, though, is that there's, you know, I felt like they should have ended the movie um, before they did the whole thing with Ralph and his insecurity and all that stuff. I think they should have just ended it with uh, them getting the uh, steering wheel for the arcade. I I felt that whole second half and how Ralph was really the villain and stuff really just it didn't do a whole lot for me. Yeah, that was kind of that was a little bit strange. I wasn't sure what was going on there. They had a really good solid ending of getting the steering wheel back and Vanellope wanting to leave and join, you know, Shanks gang and Shanks uh universe and stuff like that. They should have just done that and left it. They shouldn't have added that. I think uh, you know, cuz then you make the good guy the villain and I just that gets really complicated, especially for kids, and I just thought it was wasted. Yeah, I thought it was, it was kind of a weird plot, and then it actually kind of reminded me of Ghostbusters in a weird way. And, uh, yeah, because it looks like the Stay Puft uh, Marshmallow. And then I was like, I know it's probably not on purpose, but I really think Ghostbusters right now. So, yeah, I didn't like that part, but... Anyways, yeah, not to keep rambling, but I really think they just there's little things that would have, if they would have fixed it or thought about it more or talked about it more or whatever, or gotten more fan input, you know, not fan input, but what's the, you know, the audience thing where they, the screeners, screeners. They, yeah, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When yeah. they had the screeners and stuff, you know, cause honestly they could have hacked that whole thing off and, and just developed the rest of it a little bit more. And I think it would have been a, a little bit better, more fun movie. Yeah, so. but I mean, they uh, the poor animators spent so much time on those scenes, and it's like... God, I can't even imagine. And then they're like, oh yeah, no, that's we're going to cut that. That doesn't fit with the plot. 
I don't know, yeah. man. There's, there's, yeah, yeah. Um, but like we said, it's it's an okay movie. It's not bad, but it's not great either. You know, it is number one in the box office for two weeks in a row now. Um, I don't know if that's so much saying about the movie being really good or if it's just the box office we have right now because the box office we have right now is extremely saturated. You know, there's lots of pretty good movies out there. Not like record-setting kind of movies. There's some pretty good ones and clearly we're gearing up for the holiday movie season which is now a thing because uh, not next week but the week after there's like 10 movies coming out that I want to see. Oh my goodness. How are we going to do it? It's going to be ridiculous. We're going to have to pick and choose, man. You know, I really had no desire to see Bumblebee. And after seeing a couple trailers, I really want to see Bumblebee. That looks that looks like the Transformer movie that they should have freaking made in the first place. Well, you know, you know what uh, a key factor is? No Michael Bay? No Michael Bay. So, anyways, we'll 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 see, but yeah. Enough about that. We can sit here and talk about it. But that's one thing that Mike and I will have to discuss coming up is because there's quite a few movies that that are looking pretty gosh darn good that are coming out. What? Uh, I don't have my December calendar flipped up. Oh, I'm sure. Dude, Let me do dude, it. You're Hold right, on. dude. It's it's December 14th. It's nomination. December 14th. I want to see the mule, yeah. like the, the yeah. Clint Eastwood that's movie. That's another one. Oh, man. Yep. That looks amazing. That looks, oh, yeah. Dude, I, that looks I real still good. can't believe he's directing movies, dude. He's like 87. I know. He's he's an old man. He's directing and starring in them. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's kind of keeping him young because, I mean, it's something to do. He's putting his heart and soul into stuff. I mean, it's awesome. But it's just weird. He's He's old. Yep. But yeah, there's not a whole lot coming out this next week. But, uh... Um, you know, December 7th, there's not a whole lot coming out that I want to see, but that December 14th date, it's into spider, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, you know, Deadpool, uh, once upon a Deadpool, a time Deadpool, whatever. I want to see that the mule mortal engines. I want to see mortal engines. That looks pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. No. So he's 88. He's not even 82 or whatever. Clint Eastwood is 88. Jeez. And he's still making movies. Uh, yeah. Mortal Engines then, looks awesome. That's the new oh, Peter yeah. Jackson movie. I don't yep. I don't know what it's going to be like, but it kind of looks um, steampunky. Like, yeah, you know, it's it could be fun. I hope it's good. Yeah, I want to see it. I want to see it. It looks cool. And then December 21st, we have Aquaman, Bumblebee, Mary Poppins Returns. Oh, jeez. Welcome. All those. Welcome. Welcome to Marween. Oh, um, man. I want to see all these movies. And then December 28th is Holmes and Vice. I want to see both of those. And then Stan and Ollie. I want to see that. I mean, this year, it's. Uh, I'm going to be spending a lot of freaking money on movies this month. They're stacking us. They're stacking us. Yeah. It's it's brutal. I don't know if you know much about Stan and Ollie, but I really would like to see that. Mm, I don't think I... I don't know if I know that one. It's about uh, Laurel and Hardy, and it stars uh, John C. Riley. Oh, interesting. Okay. And you can't even tell it's John C. Riley. Wow. It just... It looks so good. Well, that's cool. Like, yeah. Anyways. No, no. I, I'm interested in that. Um, I mean, most of those movies you just read off, I want to see all of them. 
So we yeah. are definitely going to have a hard time. Uh, oh, and, and then the, another the, one. Doing the pods. Cause, but on the plus side, usually January is crap. So we might just be like filling in with all the movies that we saw in December to January. In January. Yeah, we might have to do that. Like here's another one that's kind of off the beaten path. It's about a Ruth Bader Ginsburg. It's called uh, On the Basis of Sex. Oh, that's the Supreme Court uh, justice lady who just just hurt herself, right? Um, Right. She just broke her something or something happened. It it doesn't look like it's like one of the best freaking movies in the world, but it looks fascinating. It stars Felicity Jones as Ruth Bader Ginsburg. So I'm interested in seeing that. I lo- I'm a fan of Felicity Jones. Okay. And then, you know, Vice is about uh, Dick Cheney and it's directed by Adam McKay. I mean, come on. A biography directed by a comedian <laughs> starring Steve Carell and Christian Bale and Amy Adams and Jesse Plemons. Oh, man. That That's going to be good. Yeah. That's going to be good. So, all right. Well, enough of our ranting, raving about this because let's just say it's going to, December is going to be a rough month, man. Yeah. And I'm, I'm hip, hip deep in basketball season. Yeah. So, yeah, you're already busy already. Yep. Okay. So, anyways, all right. Well, on that note, uh, I, I don't have anything else. Uh, Mike, you want to take us out? Um, yeah. Uh, thanks everybody for listening and, uh, we'll catch you on the next, uh, pod. Thank you for listening to the real film nerds. Now don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at real film nerds. Now go out and catch a movie.